Greetings ladies and gents, and welcome to this latest video. There is no epic loot here, only puns taken from the website Royal Road. The link to the story will be down below. If you wish to support the author, please head over there and give them support. If you wish to support the channel, there are numerous ways to do so down below. There is Discord, Merch, Patreon, bunch of other stuff too. So have a look in the description, you might be surprised. Anyways, now on to the fiction. As always, I hope that you enjoy. Chapter 156 Fair Play Goes Both Ways Who are they? Dalto asked curiously as people in nearly white uniforms entered the dungeon with a clinical formation and using odd hand signs to communicate with each other. No, you promised you'd work on the third floor more. Do not sit here and watch these people for hours. Nu cut off Delta's wondering idea of doing just that. But before she could argue, Rudy stepped in, looking particularly feral as she spoke to the other people. You know the rules. Marstall has ownership for now. So you sack of griffin craps, keep things tame, she warned. And the leading man stiffly nodded as if he considered Rudy beneath him. Delta's lycometer began to dip slightly. Of course, Miss Darkness Bane. I presume you'll give the same speech to the other five groups that you forced to wait outside in the spirit of fairness. Ready now. People versus a dungeon is already an unjust game, but we will cooperate. The man said with a milk toast smile that looked as real as the backside of the moon. You act like you have a choice, big man, Rudy said, her eyes flicking to Delta briefly, but didn't overly react to Delta's presence. Right now, but things change. Things always change, the leader agreed, and turned to look around the waiting hall as one of his men checked the memorial hall. Nothing of worth in there, sir, a kill count, the soldier said briskly as he returned. Nothing of worth. Gaten, sir, a woman called, standing near the tribute bowls as Rudy's neck turned dark with building blood pressure. It's fine, Delta said to her softly as Rudy shook her head, almost too slowly to be seen. It's not. None of this is fine, she replied. Each of the people placed a single copper coin in the bowl with no real expression, as if the action was a habit and not a conscious choice. Inhaling, Delta bowed her head to them. Thank you for your contributions, she said, deciding to try and be the better person. Go! I'll watch these ones. I have a feeling they won't make you happy, Noose said as he crossed his floating hands over his screen. I should be here. As a call to... Delta trailed off as Soir stood outside the hall. Greetings, mortals. I am... began, and Delta covered her eyes as the meaty thunking noise. She began to open her eyes when Noo blocked her view. Don't he said softly. The man known as Gaten lowered his wrist-mounted crossbow with an exhale. First blood is ours, he called, and the other people began to clap and cheer. A screen popped up next to Delta. Swar will respawn in three hours. Delta had a choice. A horrible choice. To bend over backwards for people who didn't give one iota of care for her own people or to be the core that the dungeon needed when it was clear that some people saw kindness as weakness. Delta made that choice. New, no, I'll be on the third floor touching things up. I'll leave you in charge, she said quietly, before she looked hard at New. Better than them, she reminded him and flew through the walls without looking back. Swan was still breaking down, and she wanted to be as far away from the scene as possible. Delta just hoped she hadn't added five new names to her memorial wall. New stared at where Delta had been moments prior, 
He knew that he should feel ecstatic, joyful, and insanely happy to be given the go-ahead to make these people miserable beyond belief. But annoyingly, Nu felt a touch of anger. Only he and his few select others were allowed to make Dalta feel anything but joy. Nu wanted this power, but he didn't want it to mean that Dalta ran off in tears. He rolled his fingers as before him, and the screen began to shift like a dial. Stage 2 experience, hmm, learn, has been increased to stage 3 warned, listen, sweet. All dungeon floors were now on alert. He tried to crank it a bit harder, but the dial remained stuck for the moment. New supposed that it would take a few more cardinal sins for these fellows to be pushed higher. Turning, he watched as the group headed down the tunnel. He saw the symbol on their back and frowned. So fair play was finally here. The sight of their symbol infuriated New for no reason that he couldn't quite fathom. Obstacle ahead and potential resource. Action! A grunt call to Gaten, who eyed the room before running a finger over the sleek uniform. The webs in the spider room fluttered in the breeze, and it seemed to hold its breath, as if waiting for the response. Burn it, he said indifferently. New looked down at them as they kicked the sign aside. Nancy wincy little spider come out to play, he said, feeling the beginnings of pleasure rising up within him. Maestro began to play a series of thrumming strings as the first licks of fire touched the web. Thanks for listening. I just got really upset, Delta said, her tone watery as she blew into a handkerchief that she made out of manner. The noy crab on the fourth floor skidded back and forward, ignoring her to an extent as it clacked its claw in sympathy occasionally. I know I should get used to this as people can uh, be both good and bad. I just wish Swa hadn't had to suffer for my insistence on being polite to all newcomers. She explained with a wave of her hand. The crab snipped and snapped as it did its fourteenth lap of the island. What do you think I should do? Delta finally asked. The crab scuttled over to the coral stairs and dramatically dabbed at them as if to tell Delta to. You're right, she said, standing up with a sudden start. Sitting here while New and Rudy do the work so I can feel sad for myself won't accomplish anything, she declared. The crab gestured harder. I'm going to dungeon the heck out of my third floor, then I'll come down here and kick more rear end. I won't be but hurt about bad adventurers, she nodded to herself. The noy crab clicked his claw. Booty bothered, Delta offered another click. Toshi tantrum, she suggested, a hard clack. They stared at each other for a long time before Delta had to admit something. I have no idea how to speak crab, she decided before petting the giant monster on the head and rushing up the stairs. The noy crab watched the core mother leave before sighing. Peace, quiet, he said quietly and returned to wandering around with no real goal. His life was a simple one, wonder and crab. Both were good things. Let, Gaten screamed and knew almost wished that he had tea to sip as two of the fair play grunts slammed into each other amongst the ashes of the webs. Attached to each of the backs was a single silver thread. Muffet landed on the drop ground, three arrows sticking out of her body at the odd angles, but none of them seemed to slow her down much. Muffet was a strong monster and knew appreciated that. She twirled on two of her legs to avoid a sword and behind her, various webs twirled around each other for the form of thick braided web rope, which she swung, cracking the bones of one of the melee attackers. 
Formation four. Gaten called out, and one of them standing back waved his hands, and a wall of fire cut the room in half. The flames parting for the fair play grunts, leaving Mufford trapped on the far end. Gaten and two others began to load their cross bolts and charge spells. Not bad. A kill box, you said slowly. However, not bad for them was trivial for Mufford. The spider shot a web over the flame and propelled herself over, curly, to avoid too much of the damage as the fire burned the tips of her legs. But she landed hard on the spellcaster, making him cry out. Mufford kicked the legs out and blocked the sword swing, her flesh tough enough that the blade only sunk slightly into her leg instead of the entire limb being chopped off. There was a brush of movement and Nu felt a pulse of foreign manner. It felt pale and dull like fair play people, but the patterns, the carving of the manor itself was so detailed that the item Gaten pulled out could only be one thing. A dungeon item. Feel the power of Lieutenant of Flappe, Gaten cried out as he threw the strange dagger with a jade instead of metal for a blade. The thing glowed and Mufford jumped away, narrowly avoiding the fire, but the dagger turned in mid-air like a homing missile. I wanted, get me that knife, Nu cried out, now invested. Mufford landed on her eight legs before she brought two up to catch the knife at the last second, the force behind the enchantment pushing her hard back towards the far wall, kicking up dust and ash as she was pushed. Finally, the dagger lost its glow for a moment and tried to fly backwards, but Mufford held on to it with all of her strength before she jumped and threw the thing hard down in the hallway towards the pond room, lingering magic sending it hurtling with surprising speed. Waddles opened one red eye to see a wobbling green dagger inches from his face buried hard in the stone next to his nest. He said and went back to sleep. It had only been an hour since he got back. He wasn't up to dealing with shenanigans right now. But if shenanigans came to bother him, they would weep. Not just the intruders, all that had ever loved them, all would love them. Mufford turned as she kicked hard, being too slow to turn after tossing the knife aside, and Nu knew if she could smile, she would be doing it right now, as fair play people pinned her down with their weapons. Weakly, Mufford's legs moved. What is it doing? One of the fair play asked cautiously. It's making signs, another whispered. Nu would translate for them, but no verbal word could accurately translate the royal spider court dance of... I found your Bertha and ravaged them with such energy that they outshone the stars in joy. That was a loose wording, and even then, Nu knew that he wasn't doing it justice. Muffet faded away and left behind her loot. The fair play people eagerly crowded around it before a silence fell over the group. Cadet, what is... What is it? Gaten asked the younger man who gingerly used magic to get a rough idea of its capabilities. Nu could do that too, and far better than the scrub. Muffet knitted twisted knickers. Don't get them twisted. Improves mental clarity. Uh, do you want them, sir? Someone asked, and Gaten turned red and shoved the lovely silk-white lacy things into a bag. Find me my knife. It's worth two months' paycheck, he snapped. Ah, having trouble, came a sickly sweet voice, and New closed his virtual eyes in deep joy as a mocking childish voice descended on the room. His second stage, someone yelled, but Maharia faded in front from the ceiling in a curtsy, smiling as a sword tried to bisect her, only for the metal to swing through her ghostly form with no effect. 
You could see Maharia was beginning to grasp her abilities as a dungeon pixie rapidly. Intangibility was just one of the many powers such a being could have. Able to actively lock or switch roots on a floor was an advanced one, but Delta's manner was feeding Maharia well. Hey, fairy, Gaten said slowly, and Maharia gave her sweetest smile. Please, mister, I want to help. I am trapped by this dungeon, but I know its secrets. Will you help me escape, and I'll show you the super secret ways, she asked, finger on her lip. False contract, perhaps. We could get the mana cutter in and try get her out, a grunt said, and Gaten raised a hand. This could be a trick. Dungeons love using our emotions to lead us into danger, he reminded the group. Please, I was a survivor of Tortug. My family was wealthy. I can pay well. I'm so scared, and I don't want to die and be underground forever with skeletons and zombies. Maharia trailed off, eyes going wide with tears, and even knew had to gape at her blatant use of her own trauma to pull the fast one. I know that kingdom. It fell a while ago. How could this dungeon know about it? A cadet asked, and Gaten wavered. How rich? He finally asked, and Maharia blinked innocently. Daddy had a gold horseshoes for his horses, and our garden was filled with plants so rare that I swear if you cut my family, they'll bleed green. She promised. Then we will aid you. Eble is here for the people and made up of people, Gaten announced, and Maharia smiled with benevolence. You have a heart of gold and a face of four radio. My heroes, she said, bowing once more. Holy crap, you are sick, Lou said faintly. <laughs> Maharia said as she flew down the hall, her heroes following cautiously, but optimistically blinded by greed. Maharia whispered under her breath so new could hear her, but not the people. Should have killed me when you had the chance. Ah well, she hummed. Just one request, let those poor fools do the normal route. We have four more outside to get through, Lou said finally. Maharia lit up and looked like a birthday or death day had come abruptly. Lou turned to Ruli, lurking in the hallway. Send in the second group, he said, and Ruli slowly tilted her head. Don't bite off more than you can chew. This affects Delta too, she warned. I want them done as fast as possible. With Maharia's help, we'll have one group going normally and the other group going to face the music, Nu said darkly. Ruli inhaled through her nose. I pity the fools, she said simply and walked back to the entrance. Where to begin? Delta said as she stood in the central garden on the third floor. She pulled up screens to get an understanding of what was left to meddle with. The first was the laboratory. It was a prime room since it was basically reduced to nothing since Delta absorbed everything. She thumbed through suggestions that Nu had made sometime when she hadn't been paying attention. Pain training room? You mean a torture room? She asked sarcastically aloud before moving on to the others. Battle arena, florist slime lava, dungeon lab for experimenting on intruders, and a lot more in that vein. She closed the suggestions and thought about the lab and decided to do what she did best. Take a terrible thing and make it good. She floated into the room and brought up purchases before she started placing down in different pieces of equipment. A lot of it had been made on the fly by suggesting blueprints to the system, which gave her a massive headache. But taking it slow, let it fill the room with metal cabinets, single bids, and a series of metal top tables. The stone floor was replaced by the white and black checkmark floor tile as false windows were added showing different paintings of beaches, grassy hills, and lakes. Once that was done, 
she turned to the middle of the room and grinned. From the floor, she slowly raised a replica of the slime cauldron that was here before, but twisted it so that the dark metal came out silverish and decorated with little goblins in cherub togas and harps. She turned to the system and watched it analyze her creation intentions. Quote, Schema detected, would you like to convert empty room into voluntary medical advancement wing? It's a bit of a long name. How about Do Good Clinic, she suggested. Quote, the Royal Do Good Clinic accepted. Hey, don't add words to my idea, Delta complained, but she was smiling despite her protests. The room shifted until the inlay silver wires ran through the floor to the cauldron, the other ends ending in the beds or going up the walls to give a soft light. The floor shifted to be checkmarked, but the white squares had an orange D in them, while the black ones had a blue N. The beds went from simply cots to large soft-looking beds, and a new menu popped up. Quote, The Royal Do-Good Clinic, a place where perished monsters can appear in the bed as barely physical forms instead of waiting in the void. While monsters are recovering, adventurers can tend to them by concocting medicine or fetching food for the monsters they harmed, working off the karmic debt that they may reduce Jelligan's rage if done with honest intentions. If defenseless monsters are attacked while in beds, the head nurse will appear and remove them from the room and mark them with a special symbol that causes King Jelligan to do extra damage to them. Head nurse... Dalthra asked, and there was a clunk behind her, and she turned to see a familiar skull clacker to the floor, now adorned with a cheery white nurse's cap. Jelligan, Dalthra blinked. The creature emerged and blinked at her. Quote, Jelligan's sibling, Heligan, has arrived. They are clearly siblings and not the same creature. Jelligan may have more siblings in the works that also have names ending in Agon. Jella, uh, Heligon, I dig the cap. Delta gave the creature a thumbs up, and Hilligan blushed, his slime body turning pink. Still amused, Delta turned to purchase options for the do-good clinic. Quote, purchases. Hilligan can now heal adventurers for a donation, 10 DP. The cauldron of life in the middle of the room now periodically produces 10 mercury slime nurses that can aid in soothing beaten monsters or helping adventurers do tasks. 10 may exist at once, and they lack combat strength to a degree. 20 DP. If an adventurer reaches the clinic with no sins attached, Hilligan will give them a blessing for counting battle with the sibling, Jelligan. 15 DP. If all the beds are filled in the clinic, along with Wyam and Fran being beaten, Hilligan will transform into Painigan, a miniboss that blocks all healing magic in the room. At a side room, where if Hilligan or Jelligan is not occupied, adventurers can talk to the sympathetic ear and gain advice on troubles in one's life. This is run by the sibling called Feligan. Cost 30 DP. Delta inhaled and sighed as she also turned to Hilligan's personal upgrades. Quote, Hilligan, the head nurse with only a head, able to produce low-quality medical ooze that heals infections 3 DP. Able to produce any mushroom that has been created in his body to use as medicine 10 DP. If an adventurer brings a rare illness into the dungeon, Hilligan can absorb them into his system and begin to work on possible solutions. Works in tandem with a soul well. 50 DP. They, uh, they get spit back, right? Delta asked slowly. Quote, 
If an adventurer brings a rare illness into the dungeon, Hilligan can absorb them into himself and begin to work on possible solutions before releasing them safely. Works in tandem with Solwell. 51 DP. If someone is brought to the dungeon, a free vaccine produced by Hilligan for the local infections and illness will be offered from the entrance, allowing instant teleportation from the entrance to the Duke Clinic. The vaccine is free, but the teleportation is a bit costly. 45 TP. Man, these are so good, Delta announced before she eyed both menus, waiting for her carefully to pick and measure each option in a practical cost-saving manner. Delta leaned forward and slid two fingers down each list with a beaming smile. I have no self-control, she said brightly to no one. The room around her began to shift and idly. She wondered how New was getting on. Platform! Platform! We trained for this! Gaten screamed as the platform for the mosaic design spun. Three cadets struggled in the warm sludge as they tried to pull treasure chests out of the sinking mud and on the wall. A cackling tree and serious knight stared down at them from the wall where they were painted. New watched silently, knowing the words of the platforms were slowly creeping from stage three, warned, listen, sweat, to stage four, livestock, slaughter, looters. Their manners practically radiated off of them to the point that the dungeon itself could feel it. Still, it wasn't the mudroom that could truly challenge these idiots. The mushroom grove approached. End of chapter. The algorithm reckons you should be watching this video next, and I recommend that you should be always watching my video. So, click it, click. With energy! And yes, clicking that does help the channel. Thank you very much. I just quickly want to thank the tier 5 patrons and channel members. Alithia Barkey, Cam Maxwell, Casper Arnholtz, Albard and Gaster, Arcadian, Lord Azrakal, and Joe Kumbaka.